today's show is a rebroadcast of a previous show. There are voices in the street and the sound of running feet and they whisper the word There are men coming down from the valleys There are tall ships lying off the coast And they carry the light in the dark of the night Like a whisper in the wind Bring my gun and a handful of silver By the sea we will gather for the fight It's been so many years, so many tears We have lost once before, now we'll still score When our cannons will roar Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Armchair Survivalist. My name is Kurt Wilson. I'm the Armchair Survivalist, and today is June the 14th in the year 2020. Glad to have you here. Now, obviously, you know how to listen to me at least one way, but let me give you a whole bunch of different ways you can listen to me. Well, it's easy. You go to armchairsurvivalist.com and scroll all the way down, and you see these red words that say ways to listen. I'm, I'm on all kinds of podcast stuff, like Stitcher, Anchor, TuneIn, Podbeam, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google and Apple Play. There's and another 15 of them. I don't know what the hell they all are. My engineer got them all for me. So that, you find out if you got one of them smartphones that uh, makes you not so smart, you can go ahead and find any of these apps because there's an app for me. And you can download that and you can listen to my show. Also, I'm broadcast on Global Star 3 satellite and sometimes Global Star 1, Global Star 5. Just depends on the engineer's mood uh, and if he needs filler. If you scroll down in that area that says ways to listen, you'll see this, this satellite dish that's sweeping backwards and forwards. Right there, you'll see in red 24-7 live feed. And there are two 24-7 live free feeds that you can click on there and you can listen to Global Star 
satellite feed 24-7, whatever he's playing on there. You can also listen to my chat room. Now, by the way, I've had complaints from people saying the chat room's not working for them. Now, you can, people have gone to that room. It's, it's armchairsurvivalist.com slash chat.html. If you go there, you can hear what's happening. You can hear the show, but they can't see the chat room. Well, it's a flash player. So you have to, sometimes you have to reboot your, uh, not your computer, but your browser. And if you're in Firefox, you'll actually have to click at the top of the page. It says, uh, listen to or download this or allow this. You, you, you click on, on the little uh, uh, controls up there and you'll be able to listen. So there's different things that you got to figure out. This All this newfangled crap is screwing everything up. And you also have to allow pop-ups. If you, if you miss the show and you want to listen to it, just, just you want to listen to that show, well, at the top of the page... Any of the armchairsurvivalist.com pages, you're going to see a kind of a rectangle box. Half of it's white, half of it's it's kind of kind of aqua, I guess. Anyway, in it it says, "Listen 24 hours a day to the recent show of the Armchair Survivalist." Click here. You click that, and boom, you're listening to my show. Also on the left hand side of the page, you will see the little white nipper dog listening to the RCA Victor gramophone. You click on that, and that'll take you to my uh, my archive, and it's all of the current year's show. Uh, shows it's, it starts uh, January fifth, and it goes through um, June seventh of of uh, that's last Sunday. So you click on any of those dates. Now I'll have the, this one up in the next day or so. But you click on it, and you can listen to the show there. Anything that I talk about, I put on a show notes page. So all the source material is posted for you guys. So on the left hand side of any any page, armchairsurvivalist.com, you'll see show notes. You click on that. And it takes you to page that shows you the dates of the shows for the current year. And it gives you a little bit of title, like May 3rd was Self-Defense Firearms. February 23rd was ACLU, ADL, and SPLC, Our Enemies. That show. This So the shows will be there, okay? And you click on whatever show you want to read the show notes. And it will take you to an individual page, like May 31st was uh, yard sales. So it'll take you to the show notes for May 31st. And I have them categorized, economy, food and health, the liberal psychosis, government threat, Trump, and then uh, any links for the title, like the show titles, yard sales. Any links I have will be posted for that show right there. Okay, so that's that's the whole thing. That's how you can listen to me. That's where you go to get your show notes. Because I don't just pull stuff out of the air and talk about it. I post the stuff so that you have the data if you uh, want to. So I woke up Thursday morning. And the first thing I do is I turn the market on. I, I, I wake up when the market uh, opens, 630 Pacific. And it's down, oh, 1,400 points. I'm like, what the hell? The market, the stock market, the Dow Jones, the 30 largest stocks, uh, they, they closed 1,800 points down Thursday. Anybody would look at that and go, oh, my God, it's crashing. Well, it, Friday it closed 477 points up. What's happening is computer-controlled trading. It's it's not like the good old days where a bunch of guys in, in uh, tails and a top hat and smoking cigars were on the floor of the stock market buying stocks back and forth. Now this is all, the majority of it's computer programmed to buy on dips and highs and lows. And I mean, all of this crap, it's just not real. But I can tell you what is real. We've got in May alone, bankruptcies across the board, not just businesses, but individuals is up 48% just May. Now, most states had a... a um, moratorium on evictions uh, and that these moratoriums are up in either the end of 
July uh, or the end of August. At that point, you're going to see some massive, massive evictions. You're going to see all kinds of massive stuff. This pandemic that we're still going through is basically designed for the utter destruction of the economy in the United States. And that's uh, that's an understatement. All of these cities, and by the way, all of these cities that are controlled by Democrats or, or communists, and these communists have allowed the riots to occur. They allow them to, to occur, okay? That's the whole thing. When they allow evil to walk forward, evil goes, thank you very much. Now we have a basis of operation because we know you're going to let it happen again. So businesses are bailing out of these cities. Minneapolis is, is, is an example. Some of the largest businesses there, well, they got burned down. And they're all saying, they're, we're not going to we're not gonna rebuild. We're out of here. You can have the business. Here's the keys. <laughs> the door's over there laying in a pile of rubbish. It's all burnt down. Yeah. During this pandemic thing, and I noticed this, and my wife told me, no, we're not going to do that. Our bank said, look, here's this app that you can get, and you can use that app, and you can take pictures of all the checks you want to deposit, and it instantly goes to, and is deposited. So the app is has your bank account on it and all your routing numbers. It has all of your private information right there on your cell phone. And then you take pictures of checks, and now that picture is right there on your cell phone, and you uh, you do your banking. Even if you don't do the checking thing like that, you still do your banking on your cell phone. That is the next major, major hack that's happening worldwide. Then the FBI come out and said, we're, we're getting thousands and thousands of complaints on a daily basis of people whose bank accounts have been ripped and stripped through their cell phone. Because criminals can spoof the address of a cell phone, install an app after they've stolen your banking data, and they can do all kinds of stuff. Not only do they get your banking data, any, t- any check that you've deposited, they, ha- they now have that banking data as well. So not only are you screwed, but everybody you've done business with gets screwed. This is the next big thing. We're depositing checks, right? Survival enterprise, because we can't take credit cards. And that's the new backdoor control of all us conservatives is shut off our ability to take credit cards. That'll, that'll put us out of business, or so they think. So what we have to do is deposit these checks, and the banks are closed. So what do you do? you got to get in the drive-up line. 30 minutes to an hour a day, we had to wait in the drive-up line. But I'll tell you something, that's really an impetus for people to get that app and put it on their cell phone, isn't it? They can do all their banking right there on their cell phone. This is the stupid generation. Can't call them, call them millennials if you want, but I call them the stupid generation. Because they do stupid things like they open a lion's mouth and stick their head in it, and then they're astounded when the lion bites their head off. You know, they do this crap because they get away with it. Just like bullies in high school, once you stand up to them, it scares the hell out of them. And that's what we did in Coeur d'Alene a few weeks back. 1,600 armed men and women stood downtown. Well, some of us sat downtown, had a cup of coffee, you know, but it scared the hell out of them. They didn't, they didn't uh, do anything. Now, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, let's get into uh, health. New York City health official. You're going to love this one. So you have all these, all these riots, all these marches, all of this BS communist crap happening all over the United States. You know what's going to happen. Infections are going to spread like crazy especially in areas of stupid. So this guy in New York City says, if, if, if we do have a spike in COVID-19, it's not because of the thousands and thousands of demonstrators gathering in close proximity. It's because you're a racist. That's why. Maybe that should have been put under the liberal psychosis. But anyway, I put it under the health thing. I've talked a lot about uh, food shortages that are coming up and, and different things that are happening worldwide. A most people in the United States are seeing very little shortages. They're, they are seeing some restrictions in purchasing. 
They are seeing some uh, momentary shortages, but I can tell you what's short right now. Half of the world's staple food is rice. Price is up 70%. 70%. This is worldwide. We are, I don't know how to put this, we are, I want to say, protected from hearing the truth of what's happening worldwide because it doesn't fit the narrative of the mainstream communist media. So they don't tell us what's happening to everyone else. And this is what's happening. Now, you'll hear some smattering on PBS from the UN about how 500 children die a day in Africa or sub-Saharan countries out of malnutrition or something like that. And you think, well, that's, that's always happening. Well, it really is because they're used for political means. But then you go to other countries, India right now, because of this shutdown with COVID, this, this ridiculous thing, and their rice crops are one-tenth of what it should be. And then you have the locust plague that's hitting that, that area now. It's still coming, ladies and gentlemen, you know, I, and, and the funny thing is I've been saying this for 10 years. It's coming. Uh, it's it's uh, People ask me every day, when, when is the uh, Schumer going to hit the fan? And I tell them, the Schumer's hitting the fan for somebody right now. It might not be us right here. There are places on earth where it is hitting and it's affecting them and we're not being told. And that's one of the control mechanisms of the world communist organizations is to control what we hear. Because perception is reality. If we perceive that other people need our help, well, then we'll go and we'll help them. If we perceive that nothing bad is going on, then we won't even put our attention on there. So you know all about this contact tracing thing, testing, forced quarantining, and all of this crap that uh, some people have said about, mostly in New York and California and other places. Well, we have this this, uh, pinhead up here governor named brad little he is a closet communist guaranteed he's 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 a one-shot wonder that's it he's done with this when his time is up he's done unless we can get him out i have a uh, i have a signature page right here in, in, in survival enterprises on government way in hayden to uh, to recall him because he actually violated idaho state constitution by ordering a shutdown he did not have the power to do that no matter what his lawyer said he had to go through the legislature for, for to do that, and he neglected to do that. His his lieutenant governor, when when uh, Brad Little was standing at the podium and he was announcing how he's shutting down Idaho, his lieutenant governor looked at him and said, "What are you talking about?" He never asked anyone. All the governors in the United States, they have meetings on Zoom or Skype or what have you, daily or every other day, where they plan this stuff. Now, most of the Republican governors ignore it. But the communist ones don't. He's got a recall. If you, if you guys uh, are interested and want to sign this thing, they're trying to recall him. And there's uh, some information about this contact, I want to say contract, because it is a contract, this contact tracing before the outbreak. There were agreements for different companies to handle all the contact tracing. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation helped negotiate a $100 million government-backed contact tracing contract in August of 2019, six months before the pandemic arrived in the U.S. and four months before it broke out in China. The shocking revelations were unveiled by the two investigators that blew the whistle on the Clinton Foundation tax fraud. The investigative duo in their first interview since their 2018 testimony revealed that representatives from the Gates Foundation 
met with U.S. Congressman Bobby Rush at a sit-down in Rwanda in mid-August of 2019 to hash out who would score the windfall from a government contact tracing program. And just last month, nine months after the meetings with the Gates Foundation, Rush, a Democrat from Illinois, introduced House Resolution 6666, the $100 billion COVID-19 Testing, Reaching, and Contacting Everyone Act. Russia's bill would establish a program run by the CDC for national COVID-19 testing and contact tracing. Congressman Rush traveled to Rwanda with his spouse from August 12th to the 19th in 2019 to take part in talks and a week-long event underwritten by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Rockefeller Brothers Fund. I know what you're thinking. How can you negotiate a contact tracing deal six to seven months before the outbreak happens? That's easy. They have a crystal ball. Didn't you know that? All right, now we're going directly into the uh, liberal psychosis. America has a lot of enemies. The majority of them are within our own borders. Communists, socialists, anarchists, Democrats, mainstream media, Amazon, Google, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, PayPal, Twitter, in fact, all all the tech companies, most well-known corporations like Starbucks, Nike, that kind of stuff, even NASCAR, NASCAR is now becoming politically correct. Now, don't, don't let me forget to add Muslims. Muslims are one of the major enemies, they're the, the uh, they, they fund all of this internal strife, and they they uh, activate it, and they work with it. These are all enemies of America, and all of these people are doing everything they can to destroy this country. This is real, okay? And I'm going to read you something I've read before from Abraham Lincoln. From whence shall we expect the approach of danger? Shall some transatlantic military giant step the earth and crush us at a blow? Never. All the armies of Europe and Asia could not, by force, take a drink from the Ohio River or make a trek on the Blue Ridge in a trial of a thousand years. No, if destruction be our lot, we must ourselves be its author and finisher. As a nation of free men, we will live forever or die by suicide. Well, this isn't suicide that we're dying from. This is murder. And it's being committed by the aforementioned organizations. So let's go down the line here. On my links, we got Amazon. Now, I have said for years, we cannot be so stupid as to use somebody else's servers to host our private information or to host our programs. It's called on the cloud. So law enforcement in the United States has been using facial recognition software designed by Amazon and hosted on Amazon's website. Now, they use this to uh, quote-unquote. Now, realize everything that a communist offers you is a double-edged sword. So facial recognition is great. Why, you could just walk up to a door and have it scan your face and, oh, look, at there's your this who you are. You go ahead and walk right in. You don't have to show us any ID. Now, on the other hand, now they know where you are at all times. So Amazon has decided to ban the police departments all throughout the United States of ever using their facial recognition software for a year. There's different blogging platforms out there also. And uh, people use them. WordPress is one of them. So it's it's on somebody else's server. And you go there and you post whatever you wanted to post. And people can read it. Except that platform can control it. So these blogging platforms are banning writers. They're banning people who are posting truth. And here's this one guy. He listed all the corporations that are supporting 
the rioters, Antifa, and Black Lives Matter. These are communist organizations. HBO removed Gone with the Wind because it's racist. A racist columnist, a black guy, of course, between you and me, the worst racists I've ever met were black people. And white people just stare at it and go, what, do you, what the hell do you mean I'm racist? You're a racist like crazy. So this racist says that all you white people out there, if you got friends that don't support Black Lives Matter, you need to ditch them. Get rid of them. MSNBC, one of the uh, mainstream communist news organizations, just hired former FBI attorney Lisa Page as a legal analyst. She's under investigation for treason. NASCAR has banned the Confederate flag. Period. Not allowed on any not allowed on any cars, not allowed on any of their property, not allowed on and no flags, no no Confederate flags in any way, shape, or form at any of their events. But they will allow the one racist driver, black guy of course, to drive a car that says Black Lives Matter. NASCAR's losing its ass right now. Governor Bashir from Kentucky has come out and said as his form of reparations to the poor black people in Kentucky, he's going to give all of them 100% free health care. Governor Whitmer, a communist in charge of Michigan, is encouraging all of the other communists to uh, protest and to march and to riot and all of that stuff, but she's mandating all the businesses stay locked down. Oregon governor, another communist, is praising the protesters. Saying they're out there doing their doing their job, what they should be doing. All thousands of them doesn't matter if they're burning down businesses. They're they're capitalist businesses anyway, and they should be burnt down. And she's in, in, in while she's allowing all that crap to happen. She's uh, taking the churches to court over them daring to meet. Also, Portland has decided to suspend the use of tear gas because it's it's intolerant. I don't know how tear gas is racist, but it's it's apparently is, in, in, at least in a communist country called Oregon. The um, You know, it's funny, I have to keep using the word. The communist chief of police, a female in Portland, because she feels that she has white privilege, has resigned. And in her place, she looks around and goes, oh, here's a black guy here. You're you're the uh, new chief of police. He's, he's a lieutenant. He really doesn't know what's going on. He's like, um, I'll, 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 I'll do my best. New York City, the the uh, district attorney there, you know, St. Patrick's Cathedral was vandalized, big time. People were caught. New York City DA released them, said, I'm not going to file charges. Seattle bans police officers from schools. So all of the schools in Seattle, after all these different uh, school shootings have occurred, that kind of stuff, and they decided that they're going to have police officers guarding the, the little pinheads there. And now Seattle bans all police officers from schools. St. Louis Circuit Attorney, backed by George Soros, released all rioters and looters from jail. Now, you understand the category, men. Liberal psychosis. I saw this, and I'm thinking, this is insane. Well, then again, we're under the category liberal psychosis. I heard her talk. Uh, This was on CNN. She's the uh, Minneapolis City Council President, Lisa Bender. She says that... If you, uh, we want to ban all police. We want to get rid of the police. We don't want police anymore. And if you basically, if you complain because you get raped or robbed, that's because of your white privilege. You should suffer like the rest of us do. And you, you, you think that this liberalism isn't a psychosis. We're going to have problems in, in this election. There's no ends or buts. The Democrats have been known for hundreds of years as, as uh, fraudsters. Michigan has more registered voters than people who can actually vote. You get that? They have more registered voters than people who can vote. What that means is the the uh, roles of registered voters, 
they haven't culled them, and they're supposed to on a yearly basis. They're supposed to go through them and say, oh, this guy died, this guy died, this guy died, this guy left America, this guy moved. If you did that, you would be called suppressing voters' rights. That's that's what the, the communists call it. Now, this thing, this thing that happened to this, this uh, black thug, and then he died, where the cop put his knee on their neck. Do you know where that whole thing comes from? It happens worldwide because Israeli police forces train a lot of different police forces worldwide. And this is an Israeli tactic. It, it's done basically on concrete or asphalt because otherwise you could squirm out of it. But when they do it on asphalt, you're not squirming nowhere because you'll tear your face up. So this is taught by the Israeli police and people are picking up all over the place. So the communists now also, they're going through this everything. You know you know how they tear down different, different uh, statues and stuff. And from my viewpoint... I think that's pretty cool because these dimwits don't know what they're doing. Every single statue they torn down was a statue of a Democrat. They don't know that because it's not taught to them in, in the public uh, indoctrination system. So they're tearing down all of these statues that are honoring Confederate Democrat leaders. Well, now they want to go and they want to rename everything. They want to erase history. You have In, in uh, communist countries, you have to erase history. So you d- will never know what the beginning was about of your country. So they want to change the name of all of these racist bases, military bases out there, all through the United States and the world. Every name of anybody who, I mean, they want a George Floyd Army base. You know, I mean, this kind of crap. Yeah, there is a UCLA professor, and this is standard policy. You have to, you take these tests to determine your grades, and this is how it's done and has been done for, I don't know, since, since 1901. You need to know, uh, people need to know uh, what, what level you are in, in mathematics and, and social studies and, and reading and history and all this stuff. Well, the blacks at the UCLA said that uh, you should just give us all an A because we're black and you're, you, you're, you have white privilege. And he said, no, no, it's not going to happen. No, <laughs> you're going to have to, you're going to have to have uh, proof that you take this test to pass my course. So he's got like 20,000 people signed a petition for him to be removed. So he has police protection right now. And he, he's like, what's, what's the problem? I don't understand this. This is ridiculous. Well, it's, you're right. Welcome to Earth. Here's another th- sign of insanity. Saturday morning, when I was a kid, I'd get up and I'd watch Looney Tunes. The Coyote and Elmer Fudd and the Rabbit and, all, you know, everybody does that. Well, to be politically correct and properly anti-gun, starting now, Elmer Fudd will no longer use a gun in any of the Looney Tunes cartoons. He'll use swords, scythes, knives, but he won't use a gun. Now, if you go to Disneyland and you do not social distance, Star Wars stormtroopers will enforce the regulations at the parks. So you will have stormtroopers telling you to social di- socially distance. You know something? If my wife and I are walking anywhere and somebody comes up and starts giving me the social distance crap, I'm going to knock him on his ass. I am not taking any more of this crap. Rush Limbaugh came out and he said the next four months is going to be war like we've never seen before. And I don't think it's going to be just four months. It's going to be through December into January. This is going to get worse and worse. That's why I've done some shows on firearms. I want to tell you guys, anyone out there who does not have a firearm... Unless you think you're not smart enough to handle a firearm or you might damage yourself or some other illogical reason, 
you're going to have, you will have one of two options, fight or die. That's what's going to happen. Sadly enough, that's, that is, that's what happens every communist takeover, and that's what this is. This is a communist takeover. I've read you the list of the enemies, and they, they are pushing hard, and you would be astounded at the levels of evil that all of these people, this list that I've read you, communists, socialists, anarchists, Democrats, on and on and on and on and on, you wouldn't believe the limit they would go to to subjugate us all and to take over the government of the United States. This is not a right-wing conspiracy. This is a fact. I'm old enough to have lived through many communist takeovers throughout the world. I worked for people who their their uh, country was taken over by communists. One of my jobs when I was a kid was working for one of the survivors of the Auschwitz death camps. And he warned me these things will happen in America because Americans are too complacent. He said, as long as we have, we make so much money that we can go and play and buy boats and buy cars and all kinds of toys, we are becoming complacent. We're not having to struggle or work hard for a living. And that's a generality because, you know, a lot of us do work hard. That was just one. And then I had a good friend of ours who escaped from Bulgaria when the communists took over. And then I had somebody, a friend of mine, who escaped from Cuba when Fidel communism took over. All of them said the same thing. This is how it starts. We become complacent. We allow a certain segment of the society to become the godlike creatures that control all the rest of us. And everything they say to do, we have to do. This is what's happening in the United States. So I'm telling you right now, it might not be today and it might not be tomorrow, but it is going to happen. You had better get a firearm. Get one. I Pumps, 12-gauge shotgun works fine for me. Get a firearm and get trained. Not knowing something breeds fear. So you have people who are afraid of firearms because they don't know anything about it. But if you take them and teach them, almost every city in the United States has an indoor gun range with an NRA certified instructor. You can go there and do classes and learn how to take care of firearms and learn how to use firearms. It's going to get to the point where your con- your your thought process isn't going to be, I wonder if this is legal. It's going to be, I wonder if I'm going to be alive in 30 seconds. And we proved here in Coeur d'Alene that enough people standing up to these bullies and these communists, they will back down. An article came out in the uh, a newspaper in the uh, Washington, you know, because Washington's one of the communist belt. Uh, this is Oregon, Washington, California. And they were lamenting the evil armed vigilantes that are creating fear amongst all the people who are marching and looting. And so they're talking about it and they say, well, this, this shouldn't have happened. It should, it should have, it should not have happened. Uh, we should not have allow people like that to do things like that. You know, we should have just allow the, the, the marchers to have their say. I mean, yeah, except, like I said, we stood up to them in Coeur d'Alene, nothing happened. I've mentioned this website many times, Daily Cost, D-A-I-L-Y-K-O-S dot com. It's a communist website. It's run by communists. This is the site where all of the fellow communists throughout the United States and in Congress get their talking points. So they start making fun of us, people who stood up in Coeur d'Alene. 
Let's see. Antifa buses panicked armed men hit small town streets across America to fend off imagined hordes. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you, and I'll have this posted on my show notes. You guys go ahead about it. Like in Idaho, rumors spread by the militia group Real Three Percenters of Idaho on Facebook. Now they didn't spread anything. Claimed that Antifa fascists were being bussed into Boise and neighboring counties to ransack local businesses. Their plan is to destroy private property in the city and continue to residential areas, the Post said. We're calling on all business owners to contact us if you're concerned. Yeah, okay. Now here's the thing. This article saved me a lot of time because it listed every place in the United States where people stood up. That's not what they're complaining about. They're complaining that people stood up. And here's where the dangerous vigilantes live. So they, they posted, so I'm going to have this posted so you'll learn where the danger, dangerous vigilantes live. But this is the kind of crap that we got to put up with. And by the way, two days after uh, we stood up downtown, we had uh, a man and a woman and their children coming to the store here in Coeur d'Alene, and they were talking, they're very well off. And they're, uh, they're getting, a, they're, they live in California because that's where their business was, and they've, they've closed it and moved to uh, online. I don't, I didn't understand the whole thing, but. They're moving up here. They are hardcore conservatives. And they were at a restaurant downtown. Very famous Hotsy Totsy restaurant. Never eaten there because I don't want to spend a week's salary on, on a dinner. But they said that, and it's kind of off the side of downtown. It's not right on, on, on the Sherman Avenue. And they said that while they were there, two big, long, white buses pulled up and black guys started getting off of these buses. These buses had no license plate, nothing marked to mark them. At that exact moment, now this was two, This was a, down the street a little bit. At, at that exact moment, the owner of uh, the restaurant, and I won't name the restaurant, came to, to uh, out front and said, we're going to have to lock down because there's possible danger from uh, rioters and looters. And this, this uh, woman asked the owner, said, well, uh, are, are, do we need guns? Are, they, are we armed? And the owner looked at her and said, Ma'am, we are some of the most heavily armed people in this state. Don't worry about it. They thought it was kind of funny. Of course, not, those people didn't go anywhere. They didn't do it. The, 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 the riders, they got off the buses. They got back on and drove off. Now, unfortunately, even though Idaho is a, is a predominantly free state, we still had four gov- uh, four mayors within this state who violate the state constitution. We have a second amendment in Idaho. Boise, Sandpoint, Coeur d'Alene, and Pocatello all declared June 5th Gun Violence Awareness Day. And this is all funded by Michael Bloomberg and his communist anti-gun organizations. It's incrementally how they're taking over the United States. This is this is how communists take over the world, incrementally. They just do a little bit here and a little bit there. They invalidate this. Why, the founding fathers are, are too old. They're all white men. Anything they thought of shouldn't be used ever again because it's it's abhorrent to, to civilized people. Yeah, and uh, police chief Lowell, Michigan, Michigan, of course, Police Chief Stephen Bacala was forced to resign on Thursday after 25 years with the force. There, he wrote on Facebook uh, in support of four young men who armed themselves against potential violent protesters, responding to phone calls that Second Amendment demonstrators were open carrying down Main Street, which is legal there, 
Bukala wrote on the Lowell Police Department's Facebook page, We are aware and no need to call us. We at the Lowell Police Department support the legally armed citizen and the Second Amendment. The communist mayor there called him up and said, You will be fired at 5.01 if you don't resign by 5 p.m. This is how it works. They get in positions of power. The first year that we moved to Coeur d'Alene, they had a, an election for the mayor and the city council and all this stuff. And I, I'm trying to find out who, who the Republicans were. So I called up the election office and I said, I need to find out who the Republicans are and who the Democrats are. And uh, she said, this is a non-political uh, election. I said, ma'am, you can't be that naive. I don't want to be ruled by communists. And this is 20 years ago. And she got all pissed off at me and hung up. And it, it was hard to find out who were the communists and who were the Republicans. And unfortunately, Republicans don't win in any of the local elections up here. They only win in the Senate and the House and governor. And unfortunately, usually the governor ends up being a rhino, a Republican in name only. See, we only have two real political parties in the United States. One is conservative and one is communist, and that's it. Citizens all over the United States are being urged to arm themselves. So you you folks out there, I told you what to do if you don't have a firearm. Now, if you do have a firearm, what I want to know, a lot of, a lot of people have a collection of guns, right? A collection of guns. I want you to find the one, the one that you're most comfortable with, the one that is easiest to repair and get ammunition for and that you are proficient with and I want you to take it down and I want you to take it apart and I want you to clean it and I want you to oil it and I want you to make sure everything is functioning flawless on it and I want to, want you to make sure that you have fresh magazines for it. By that I mean unload the mags that you have been kept loading, loaded for the past few years because the springs will take a set. They'll, t- they'll take a set, and the springs, that means that the spring is compressed. It'll stay that way, so you won't be able to feed properly. Every six months, you should rotate your mags anyway. So empty out your old mags, load up fresh mags, and be ready to, be, to, to use your favorite weapon if you have to. I would rather deter prime, a problem than to end up having to shoot someone. But it, uh, it's getting to the point where you're going to be forced to. Because the communists in the United States are arming themselves. They're not as well trained as Americans. Don't get confused. These communists are not Americans. America is not a geographical location. America is a mindset. America is your philosophy. And so is communism. Now, Seattle. Talk about communism. Seattle, the the communists there, the Black Lives Matter, the thugs, the looters, they took over a police station and six square blocks. Can you believe that? They took over a police station in six square blocks. And the police calmly marched out and let them have that location. And the mayor said, go ahead, you can have it. So they set up a wall, blockades. As a matter of fact, I happen to have a live feed. Somebody set up a camera right there. And you can see, and I'll have it, uh, I'll have the link to it, so you can see at any time exactly what's happening in this uh, Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. They call it CHAZ, C-H-A-Z. I'm looking at it right now. There's, yeah, it's blockaded off. 
That's astounding to me because at no time in history has this been allowed to happen. And I mean in history. If any group took over a portion of a city, that's called warfare. And that's when the city will defend itself lethally. No, no, not not, not these... Uh, uh, you want to use the word Democrat, you go right ahead. But the, not anything, any city controlled by a communist are not going to be do, that way in any way, shape, or form. In fact, if you stand up for your, your rights as to the Constitution, uh, they'll slap you down. They'll throw you in jail. Now, this uh, dimwit that's running against Trump uh, for president named Biden, uh, Creepy Joe, he's donated millions of dollars to the to, uh help the protesters get out of jail, pay their, their uh, bail. And here, here this is happening again. I don't know why this guy even exists. Mitt Romney, he is a disgusting creature. He decided to march with Black Lives Matter. And there's Black Lives Matter is a international terrorist organization. International because they are international, and everywhere they go, they start off calmly, and then they get into the area. They're like a, a virus. They infect an area. And once they're accepted in the area, then they start spreading out with their lies and their propaganda and their brainwashing. And it's very simple. Always remember, freedom takes effort. Communism is like water. It takes the path of least resistance. And that's where the uh, stupid generation is ending up right now. Black Lives Matter is getting donations. They're getting a lot of donations. Well, Except the donations aren't going to them. Now, this is this is the interesting thing. And I have the complete breakdown of this. And I have it. It'll be on my show notes. So the, the, the donations they're receiving. Now, it's not like 50, 60 bucks. We're talking millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. When you click on the donate button on the Black Lives Matter website, it takes you to Act Blue donations page. See, we... The communists only allow us to see certain of their front groups. Black Lives Matter, Antifa, those are their front groups. And the true controllers are in the background. So where does the money go to? It goes to actblue.com. And where do they send money? Let's see, they gave 186 thousand dollars to Bernie. They gave one hundred nineteen thousand dollars to Biden. They gave ninety three thousand to Elizabeth Warren. You see, you see here, Black Lives Matter isn't even on this list. They're not a charity. Act Blue is not a charity. It's an illegal funding arm of the Democrat National Committee. So when you donate, or anyone donates to Black Lives Matter, it's going to, to the Democrats. I have the proof. It's all there. You can read it yourself. Now, the the uh, black thug, the criminal, the life criminal that died. I still don't. I still don't think that that knee on the neck killed him. He had underlying medical problems. Maybe that knee on the neck did cause a circulation problem that added to it, or I don't know, or aggravated it. But that's you know we we don't know. We're going to need more autopsies, which is irrelevant now. So, George Floyd's family set up a GoFundMe page. Set up a GoFundMe page, okay? 
donate to his family so to pay for his funeral and this kind of stuff and and whites killed him and blacks are great and and uh, blah 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 well that donation page broke the donation record for gofundme over 13 million dollars over 13 million dollars went to that family of thugs Oh, but GoFundMe suspended Candace Owen. Candace Owens is a black conservative. Very well-spoken, very intelligent. But GoFundMe suspended her campaign. Uh, she had set up some campaign, uh, a GoFundMe campaign uh, for a, a guy that was attacked by BLM. GoFundMe suspended it because they, they said Candace Owens is a racist we are being sold a lot of lies and at the detriment to the black community, at the detriment to the white community, and at the detriment to America as a whole. So I do not support George Floyd and the media depiction of him as a martyr for black America. I'm going to explain why and I hope that some of you guys will understand where I'm coming from. I have spent a considerable amount of time reading a lot of black authors that I think are some of the most brilliant black Americans breathing. Walter Williams, Shelby Steele, Thomas Sowell, and I recently came across something that was an idea that was planted into my head by Shelby Steele, and it has been something that I cannot forget. It is something that will stick with me for the rest of my life, and it is something that I hope for the Black Americans that are watching will stick with you for the rest of your life. Shelby Steele said that the Black community is unique from other communities. Our culture is unique from other communities because we are the only community that caters to the bottom denominator of our society. Now, let me explain what that means. It means to say that not every Black American is a criminal, not every Black American is committing crimes, but we are unique in that we are the only people that fight and scream and demand support and justice for the people in our community that are up to no good. You would be hard-pressed to find a Jewish person who has spent five stints in prison, who commits a crime and dies while committing a crime, and that the Jewish people champion and demand justice for. You will be hard-pressed to find this in white America. You'll be hard-pressed to find this even in Latino America. There is a person that is spent multiple times in prison. You are not going to see a bunch of Latinos coming out demanding justice for this person, even if, and I want to be very clear, what I'm saying is not any defense for Derek Chauvin. I hope Derek Chauvin gets the justice that, that he deserves to be you know, implemented upon him and that the family of George Floyd deserves justice for the way that he that he died, but I also am not going to accept the narrative that this is the best the black community has to offer. For whatever reason, it has become fashionable over the last five or six years for us to turn criminals into heroes overnight. It is something that I find to be despicable, and it's something that I refuse to stand by any longer, and I am not going to play a part in it, no matter how much pressure comes from black liberals and black conservatives as, as some token of people wanting wanting you to believe that this is the only way you can be black is you have to say this was wrong and that this, you know, this person was amazing. I won't do that. Uh, George Floyd was not an amazing person. And as soon as this video hit the internet, I did just basic searches. Uh, everyone jumped on it and called and, and was looking
looking at the police officer and everyone agrees that the police officer was wrong and the police officer has been arrested. Um, so that is not the reason I'm not discussing that is because that is not something that has been misconstrued in the media. He has been turned into the devil that he is. And there is no reason for us to harp on that any longer because white Americans are not uplifting Derek Chauvin as a victim or pretending that he's an amazing human being. But George Floyd is being uplifted as an amazing human being. For those of you who have not yet seen the clips and did not pursue or wait for more clips to come out, first and foremost, George Floyd at the time of his arrest was high on fentanyl and he was high on methamphetamine. Uh, this came back in both of his autopsy reports. If you pursue the 911 transcript, you can see the person describing somebody who is out of their mind high and which is what made the person fearful because he tried to use a, a bill that I guess was a fake bill to purchase something and then he was was outside acting weird and they in their police call said that this person was obviously distorted and on drugs when he is put into handcuffs and is put against the wall a baggie of what looks to be like cocaine or uh, some it's, it's white it's a white baggie that he drops onto the floor that you can see in an image if you look up the clip the media is refusing to circulate it you can find it on twitter if you if you use DuckDuckGo and look up um, George Floyd baggie you can watch the clip yourself with your own eyes he had drugs on him at the time of his arrest. What I find despicable to be is that everyone is pretending that this man lived a heroic lifestyle when he didn't. And I want to talk about what his lifestyle was um, leading up to this moment and why I refuse to accept the narrative that this person is is a martyr or, or should be lifted up in the black community and that we should be buying t-shirts uh, with his name on it. Okay. So here we have, first and foremost, let's start from the bottom of his record. And by the way, I am not saying that if you have a record, you don't deserve a second chance. I think people get arrested and some people can serve time in prison. And I believe in second chances, but I do draw the line when it comes to second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth, and ninth chances. 1998, he spent 10 months in prison for theft with a firearm. Uh, that was the first prison stint that I could find on him. In 2002, he spent eight months in prison for a cocaine offense. In 2004, just two years later, he spent another 10 months in prison for a cocaine offense. In 2005, he spent another 10 months in prison for having less than one gram of cocaine on him again. In 2007, and this was the biggest instant that I had that made me realize this was a horrible human being that I would, I, I am not going to pretend was a good person. In 2005, a woman who was pregnant uh, received a knock at the door and she went to the door and the person pretended to be someone that worked for the water department. So she opened her door and quickly realized that the person at her door did not work for the water department and attempted to slam it. At the moment that she was attempting to slam it, a Ford pulled up and another five men jumped out of the car. And one of which was George Floyd came up to the door and they forced their way inside to her home. Mind you, this woman is pregnant. At that point, George Floyd took out a gun and pressed it to her stomach as she was screaming, put her inside of her living room and instructed one of his criminal friends that was with him to watch her and to make sure she didn't leave the living room. So he was playing guard while they ransacked her home looking for drugs and money. They did not find drugs. They ended up taking, I believe, her wallet and her cell phone. Fortunately for her, her neighbor observed what was going on and caught the license plate of the people as they pulled off and called 911. And when 911 was able to, they were able to track down the car uh, of which uh, George Floyd was the driver. I mean, they arrested him. And two years later, he was sentenced to five years in prison for that instance. You can say uh, the media is portraying it like he was just getting his life together after, you know, being released in 2014 following that incident. He was just getting his life together and, and moved and was going to start afresh. 
I'd like to believe all of those things. And there's a gap and he never got in trouble for five years until this incident when the police were called on him again. But you are defying common sense to believe that this person suddenly became an exemplary character, but happened to be high on fentanyl and methamphetamine and trying to use a fake bill to purchase something. So in my opinion, George Floyd was a criminal. I am not going to play a part of the broken black culture that always wants to martyr criminals, who wants to pretend they were these upstanding human beings that just wanted to help society, that just wanted to reach out and uplift society. And he has a rap sheet that is long, that is dangerous. He was an example of a violent criminal his entire life, up until the very last moment. Why are we pretending that this criminal should be upheld as a citizen, as a martyr in black America? A martyr for a fake narrative, by the way. Police brutality, racially motivated police brutality is a myth. So let's get into that. Not only are we using this death and allowing it to cause these riots and protests, pretending this was some upstanding citizen in the black community who was tackled down and killed for no reason, right? Not only are we allowing it to inspire riots, riots in which black people are dying, in which actual upstanding black citizens are dying. Case in point, I'm sure you guys have all now seen David, the sheriff that just was shot and killed because he was trying to protect a pawn shop, an actual head of a police, he was the head of a police entire life, 77 years old, did everything right. So we now have to kill upstanding black citizens because a non-upstanding black citizen, a career black criminal died. But I will be damned if the rest of us upstanding black citizens have to suffer because of this incident that rarely ever happens in America. So here are some numbers for you people that are still believing that police brutality is a real, racially motivated police brutality is a real thing. First and foremost, you have a 25% higher chance as a violent white criminal of dying at the hands of a police officer than you do as a black criminal. Last year, a total of nine unarmed black men were killed by police officers and 19 white men were killed by police officers. For those of you that aren't good at mathematics, right, you might be thinking, oh, but Candace, white people represent 60% of the population and black people represent just 13% of the population. It doesn't matter what percentage of the population you represent. It matters what percentage of the violent criminal community you represent. And unfortunately, black community commits a disproportionate amount of crimes compared to the white community. 6% of the population, black men, 6% of the population account for 44% of all murders in this country, according to 2018 statistics. That is what you call a gap. And yet white people, white people who represent 60% of the population, we represent 13, uh, black men are 6%, represent 50% of all the murders, right? That makes no sense. That, that makes no sense. A six-point variation in a community where we are, we are extreme minorities. We commit 50% of all violent offenses, evenly split, and we're only 13% of the population. So we have a lot more encounters with police officers. And don't say the police officers are coming around because we're black. I'm talking about violent criminals. I'm talking about murder, 44% of murders, okay? You want to talk about real statistics? The, the, the police officers have way more to be fearful of in the black community than the other way around, okay? We commit, on average, a, a police officer is 18 and a half times more likely to be killed by a black person than the other way around. So this entire narrative is complete smoke and mirrors. It's all made up. It's just election fodder. It's white versus black because it's an election year, not because black Americans are suffering at the hands of police officers more than white Americans. 
Do some police officers do the wrong thing? Yes. I don't think there's anybody in the world who has not encountered a police officer and thought this person is an absolute jerk who is power tripping, whether you are black or white. We know they exist. And we know they're always going to exist, by the way, because they're human beings. In fact, if you want to attack a community for, you know, accidental slayings or brutality, did you know that doctors accidentally kill a quarter of a million people every year because of mistakes. Do you know that there's, there's been doctors that have been arrested for being serial killers that just were killing people because they wanted to? Do we protest and boycott doctors? Do we assume all doctors are horrible human beings because some doctors are? Or do we realize that society is not perfectible? People suck in every profession. It is no excuse to paint society with a broad brush. It is certainly no excuse to accept a Democrat narrative that black people are being disproportionately hunted down by police officers because of the color of their skin. You want to know the best way to avoid not being not being brutalized by a police officer is to not is to is to limit the amount of encounters you need to have with them, especially when it comes to violent crimes. I am not going to stand for this continual bottom feeding narrative of us martyring people that have had five, six, seven stints in prison and then pretending they were upstanding heroes to our community. It's bullshit excuse my language and I'm tired of it I'm tired of having to play pretend I'm tired of sitting here and being called a coon or an Uncle Tom because I won't play this bottom feeding game with you if you want to hang up posters of criminals on your wall and talk about them as your martyrs do it Kobe Bryant was my idol okay I'll keep a photo I'll keep a photo of Kobe Bryant you can keep one of George Floyd and pretend he was an upstanding human being that just once or twice put a gun across a pregnant woman's belly could you imagine that woman right now that black woman by the way Right. Watching everybody pretend this person was an upstanding human being who just at the age of 42 and five prison stints was going to get his life together. We are embarrassing in that regard. This is why we have a cycle and a toxic culture, because nobody wants to tell the truth in black America. It's so easy to be a victim. It's so easy to ask white people to bow down and apologize and do all these things for us. It's crap. It's a lie. It's a farce. Our biggest problem is us. It's why we don't talk about it when black on black crime happens. It's why we don't talk about it when 40 black people are killed in one weekend during Memorial Weekend in Chicago. We don't want to talk about any of that stuff. We don't want to talk about Baltimore. We don't want to talk about New Jersey. We don't talk about any of these places where black people are being slaughtered by other blacks because that would mean that we had to be personally accountable, right? That would mean personal responsibility. We don't do personal responsibility in our community. We don't do it. We blame white people. We only point a camera to white people when they do something, even though we do it at a way higher rate to ourselves. We celebrate our drug dealers. We're the only community that would ever create hashtags to free people from prison because they committed crimes, like free Meek Mill, free this rapper, free this rapper. How hard is it to not spend multiple times in prison? How difficult is that? Is that too hard for us? Is that, I mean, is that way too high of a mountain for us to scale to do the right thing, to be upstanding citizens? That is the call to action that I have for Black America with Blexit. Like, why do we keep fulfilling this narrative? What do you think the perception of us, by the way, is on the outside? You ever look at the comments? You ever go into like an anonymous blog and see what people say? Oh, just black people being black people. I see those racist comments. Oh, just black people got to riot. Black people got to be black people. You know how they are. Oh, just black people being ignorant. That That is the perception. When people get to be anonymous and talk about us, that's what they think about us. They think that we are the kind of people that will forever uphold criminals as the martyrs of our society. Society, that we will never take account for the things that we do wrong, that we don't have it within us to educate ourselves to get ahead. And that for those of us that actually do it, well, we get called coons, right? You got Condoleezza Rice, she's a coon. Larry Elder, he's a coon. Dr. Ben Carson, brain surgeon, first ever to perform the surgery of splitting twins that are connected by the head. He's a coon, right? What a loser he is. 
what a stupid guy he is. Kanye West says he he's not going to be told to do it because of the color of his skin. He's a coon. He's lost. He's in the sunken place. The sunken place. That's where we all are, right? Because we demand more and we will get more out of this society because we will be we, we're going to get ahead. That's what's going to happen. We're going to get ahead. Black conservatives get ahead because we don't subscribe to this narrative. Because you're not going to catch me outside trying to grab a TV pretending that it's because a martyr named George Floyd got killed. I'm a big believer that no matter what color you are, you do stupid things, you win stupid prizes. George Floyd is not my martyr. He can be yours. That's and that's all I have to say to Black America. But of course, all of the the racists and the communists in the United States call her a racist. Do you remember the picture, the video of the police in Buffalo moving forward the line, and some tall old man comes up to two of the cops and starts scanning their chest with his cell phone, and one of them pushes him back. At which point he tripped over his feet and landed on his back and smacked his head. He's now in, in critical care. It was a big thing, police brutality against poor old man uh, and, and uh, the two cops that were the brunt of this video have been uh, suspended without pay. Now that's what you heard. That's what the mainstream communist media has told everyone. What they haven't told you was this. That guy was a known aggravator an agitator, and he has caused more problem in that area than he deserves. He had a, a, a uh, app on his cell phone that was scanning the frequencies, the radio frequencies of the police officers, so he could give the frequency to Antifa so they can predict where the cops were going to be when they started their looting. They still shouldn't have... You're going to push somebody, you're going to push somebody. Whether they fall down or not is, is, uh, is an accident. But this was an old man, and they could have just simply turned him around and pushed him forward, and you know, regardless. So they were suspended, these two officers. What you didn't hear also, they were part of the early response team, emergency response team. There were 59 members of that team. Two of them got suspended, the other 57 quit. They quit. This was what you didn't have. And this is what's happening to police all around the United States. Cops are just saying, you know what the hell with you. We're going to quit. And this is why this is why what's coming is inevitable. We're not going to be able to stop it. The psychosis of stupid is spreading faster than a, a disease. There was an interview, one of many, of a former Antifa member. He is warning everyone. Antifa is nothing, nothing but a group of thugs who are in it to cause pain, to cause damage. They claim they're fighting fascism, which is a lie because they are fascists. Antifa's whole goal is the disruption and the destruction of the United States government. They They don't want anarchy, which is lack of law enforcement, lack of government control. They want to be in control of everything themselves. And to that point, they uh, they are the most dangerous organization out there that we see. It's the ones behind them that we uh, we don't see that are worse than that. Instagram, somebody posted something on Instagram, and it was FBI crime stats. Now, I've talked about these before. They claimed it was hate speech. These are stats from the, from the FBI crime statistics manual. Uh, from 2013, so it's it's a little dated. So Black Lives Matter, and here's one of the stats, complaining about uh, uh, blacks killed by whites. Okay, 0.77 percent. 
uh, let's see, whites killed by blacks, 9.83%, 0.77. You get that? Blacks killed by whites, 0.77%. Whites killed by blacks, 9.83%. Whites killed by whites, 10.22%. Blacks killed by blacks, 53.94%. So what you hear, and again, unfortunately, perception is reality for most people. Most people don't have the ability to evaluate reality. So they just believe what they see. They believe what they perceive. And we're told to perceive that blacks are being heinously attacked day by day by white supremacists and and, uh, hateful police. So more stats. And this is Bureau of Justice Statistics National Crime Victimization Survey in 2018. This is the number of crimes. White on black, 59,778. White on Hispanic, 207,104. Hispanic on white, 365,000. Hispanic on black, 44,000. Black on Hispanic, 112,000. Black on white, 547,948 times. These are the statistics this guy posted. And Instagram couldn't handle that. They called it hate. Hate. Let's see. Chicago. The highest number of murders in a 24-hour period in their history. This is this is black on black. No ifs, ands, or buts. This is totally 100% black on black. And you don't hear a damn thing about that. The Democrats prove their insanity over and over and over and over again. There's, that's why there's something wrong here. They continually elect the same group of criminals that turn their cities into crime-ridden, disease-infested wastelands. The last time a Republican was put in office in Chicago was 1927. Baltimore, 1963. St. Louis, 1943. Detroit, 1957. Seattle, 1952. Oakland, 1966. Minneapolis, 1957. Philadelphia, 1947. Do these cities ring a bell to you? Every single city where you're hearing about riots are controlled by the Democrats. Every single city. There's this guy. He's a he's a speech. He's he's a uh, he's a pervert. He's a homosexual, but he's he's a conservative, and his boyfriend is a black guy. So he's so far from from uh, racist. It's it's ridiculous. His name is Milo Yiannopoulos. I guess that's his last name. Uh, he he had a little statement about this Black Lives Matter uh, hogwash. Black Lives Matter doesn't really care about black lives. It's, as we'll discuss shortly, more of a movement for attention, money, and, like most activism, more money. But to achieve these goals, they focus their energies on cases of black men killed by the police. The work of criminologist Dr. Richard Johnson of the University of Toledo explains just how futile this is. Some of this stuff is tough to listen to. Some of this stuff is not pleasant. But it's important to understand the problem if you're going to fix it, which Black Lives Matter definitely can't. Based on 2012 numbers, it would take 40 years worth of blacks killed by police to equal the total number of blacks murdered by other blacks in a single year. Less than 400 people a year are killed by cops. 61% of them are white men. 32% are black males. Black men are not killed out of proportion when you consider they're much more likely to interact with police. People are killed by police about as often as they're struck by lightning. But I don't see many protests about storms. Black males are 58% of those killed legally by private citizens. 
in self-defense and you think, aha, we've got you on something. Except 75% of them were killed by other blacks. FBI statistics on murder lay bare the real threat to black lives in America, and that is other blacks. Black men are about 6.5% of the U US population, but they commit 52% of all murders. That has dipped to about 40% in recent years. Black men overwhelmingly murder other black people, and white people overwhelmingly murder other white people. Looking at overall violent crime, blacks are 27% more likely to attack whites than vice versa, and eight times more likely to attack Hispanics. This is the shocking number I hope you take away from my visit. 90% of blacks that die of murder die at the hands of other black people, and that's from the FBI homicide report. 90%. We're not here to talk about why this happens, why 74% of black children are raised without fathers per Health and Human Services, and why the government seems intent on continuing a cycle of destruction within the black community. My message is simple. Black lives don't matter to Black Lives Matter. If they did, they'd be confronting these issues instead of ignoring them completely. Okay, a lot of you out there, in fact, most of you out there, have never had to worry about warfare or defending yourself or defending your country or your city or your home. The best thing to know is the actions of the enemy so that you can predict their motions. There is a guy on YouTube who is a professional at this, and he needs you to listen to this so that you can understand how these scum work, because they will be coming to your city. I don't care where you are, they're coming. Howdy guys, Rex here. We're going to give you an after-action report on what we saw when Antifa came through our area. So this is an alert for everybody kind of in rural America because they have announced their targets openly because they perceive their targets to all be soft targets. And so they have such hubris to where they're just seeing what they're going to do and then they follow through and execute time after time. Amazingly, they've been vet met with very little resistance in a lot of the country. People are starting to pick up on that and people are starting to stand the ground. So we've seen models that have worked to repel the rioters and the arsonists and the looters. And we've seen recipes that have not worked to repel the rioters, the arsonists, and the looters. Clarification of terminology. I don't know why I have to go over this, but apparently I have to. A lot of people have an IQ below 70. A protester is not a problem. People who are protesting for the death of George Floyd or Michael Brown or whoever, pick your topic. Whatever your outrage is, everyone has the right to protest. It is a constitutional right to peaceably assemble. It is also the constitutional right of other people to peaceably assemble to protest your protest. So I recognize everyone's right to speak their mind peacefully. When I'm talking about rioters and organized crime and even terrorism, which is what the President of the United States is looking at classifying Antifa as a terrorist organization because they are very well organized they are specifically trying to burn down the country, to cause insurrection, to destroy the way of life, and destroy the United States of America. They openly say that. Now, there are some over, there is some overlap between protesters and rioters, where the protesters become rioters halfway through, or they actually provide support and cover knowingly for the rioters. Most protesters on this particular movement ain't all that bright. 
which they don't realize that they're being used as human shields for terrorist groups like Antifa, who start people's houses on fire, who beat up old people on the interstate after they block it with a million people, pull them out of their cars, and kick them in the head until all their teeth are gone. That's not protesting, that's rioting. Rioting is a lethal threat, okay? On the force continuum of using deadly force lawfully, if someone is trying to cause serious bodily harm to you or someone else or trying to kill you and you believe that that's really the case, that justifies and warrants the lawful use of lethal force. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not giving you legal advice. Look it up. Ask your lawyer. Ask your district attorney. Well, we'll see what they have to say, but study it out. I'm not giving legal advice here. But rioting is way different than protesting. Protesting is talking, which is fine. Rioting is swinging pipes, which is a lethal weapon, throwing bricks, which are lethal weapons, and hurling Molotov cocktails or flaming mattresses at buildings with people in them, which is also a lethal attack. All those things warrant deadly force. Again, check with your lawyer. I'm not offering legal advice. Now that we got that off the table, hopefully we are talking about rioters who are trying to kill you and burn your city to the ground. In very plain English, now we know what we're talking about. Here's how they work. Uh, What we've seen in the area here is it started in Minneapolis. It went to all the major cities in the country. And now they are moving after they announced that they're moving to rural communities to take what is theirs and cause maximum havoc and chaos and panic. That's what they are saying on their Craigslist ads to recruit and hire people. By the way, if you are a paid protester to provide cover for a terrorist organization like Antifa, guess what? You're complicit and you're in the same boat as them. It's like Saddam Hussein putting little kids on anti-aircraft positions after he starts a war. It's unhonorable and you're just as bad as them. So don't be a useful idiot in this fight. The way they operate, they will case the place with computers first. They'll look at it. They'll size it up. They'll see how many people live there. And they're working their way towards a lot of symbolic targets, symbolically actually taking out rural America to put the fear into the hearts and minds of good old rural America. And they perceived rural America to be a soft target. And in some cases it has been because people were not equipped to understand the level of evil coming at them. And they did not prepare ahead of time to kick their ass out of their town peacefully before they could start some real stuff. Okay, So they will send scouts. Number one, they send a recon element. They case it, just like a criminal will. I saw it three or four days prior to them arriving at our town. So I was already kind of like, already kind of ready to roll. Like, okay, we started a communications network. We started planning ahead of time. You cannot plan the day they come. That's not enough time. So we started planning at least three or four days ahead of time, kind of different contingencies. What if this happens? What if that happens? And also psychologically preparing for what might need to be required to prevent your talent from being burned 
burn to the ground or to prevent innocent people trying to commune down the highways from being pulled out of their cars and beaten to death by a bunch of idiots. So they'll case the town first. They'll be snooping around, looking around. Anyone who's done any kind of security work, police work, military intelligence work will definitely recognize them. If your community is already filled with a bunch of losers, they're going to be hard to spot because that's their MO. You will see them from a mile away. Some of them are very, very professional. Most of the recon element is, and the so they have recon, and then they have agitators, professional agitators, which are basically scumbag thugs. You will spot the thugs, unless you already got thugs in your town, well then they'll be camouflaged in the thug population. In our town, we don't have thugs because they just don't really happen. There might be one for a minute, and then he gets his ass kicked, and then he's not a thug anymore, or he leaves, okay? But they will send these agitators in, and they'll just kind of be hopping around, drooling, waiting, chomping at the bit, and they will be talking and bragging about all the horrible things they want to do to your town. So keep your ears open. This is not a time to just have your head on your cell phone all day, looking at your uh, Netflix program or whatever the hell. This is a time to keep your head on a swivel, kind of be scanning around you at all times. Maintain peripheral awareness. Because if you're smart and aware and alert, you will see them. The way you will tell that they're planning something is they will say it. They will be bragging about all the loot and booty they're willing, they're they're excited to get in your town. Seriously, that's what happened in my town. They came and sat right next to me at the restaurant and just started flapping their mouth. And I'm like, ah, okay. And so you find them, get pictures of their automobiles, their faces, their license plate numbers ahead of time, so that when you see them later, you can connect the dots and issue appropriate information and intelligence to your law enforcement agencies or whoever you need to to get their corrected if they pull some bad stuff later. And so that's what we did. Okay. The other thing they're going to do is they actually have a group of very, very professional managers and controllers. And they're going to be rolling around. These guys are a bit more sober. They're a bit more on point, on task. And they will be riding around during the protest looking for a soft target to take. Main Street, some kind of symbolic target, a neighborhood that looks real nice that's not does does not appear to be defended all that well nice areas that will look good on their facebook pages and on the news and scare the hell out of everybody when they see it on fire so they're going to be going for landmark type stuff name drags stuff like that or even neighbors but they're going to weigh it out with soft targets they're scouts on motorcycles they're scouts in rental cars a lot of rental cars and you'll see scouts with uh, foreign out-of-state plates so that's going to be one way to recognize those guys just right off the bat and so they'll be riding around taking pictures looking at things with binoculars taking real diligent notes and then just kind of riding around all over checking it out and you will see them later when it comes down to it and they'll propagate the message what appears to be through some kind of sophisticated communication network probably an encrypted cell phone app hey everyone converge on this pin right now and so you have to be able to and ready to outmaneuver them so when they start to move on a point you need enough people in your community to be squared away and know what the drill is so create a community awareness with everybody there are certain elements of your community that you might not normally appreciate like your hardcore second amendment 
guys like your ridiculous over-the-top veterans who are looking for maybe a little bit of therapy, like maybe some of your angry local biker gangs, which live in your town, but keep it to a, a semi-copacetic level. So you need to utilize whatever help you can get of people who are not scared to confront this evil when it comes to your town. So you need to find men with balls, guns, and follow them. Then you need to outmaneuver them. They will, as soon as the protest gets underway, these guys will be scouting. You need to be on them. After the protests split up, they'll metastasize and spread out, or they'll move as a group, or they'll split into several groups. It depends on the situation. They're going to move out and find all these different areas to attack, and they communicate, and everyone all of a sudden shows up. So you have to be able to outmaneuver them. The second you see them even starting to assemble in an area, you need to make a polite, strong, deterring introduction. So you roll up and you say, hey guys, what's up? And you need to be ready, and you need to be psychologically prepared to have the follow-through required. They will read you if you're bullshitting them. If you come up all timid and nice, it ain't going to work. These people only understand strength. That's it. So if you're not prepared to do that, find one of your buddies who is. What will then happen is they will continuously, and you got to have patience. You can't just abandon your post the second it looks like they're gone because some of the guys have patience and they stay up late at night. And they will be waiting until everyone goes home and then they'll go try to burn something down. So you got to maintain your post. You got to hold your ground. You might have to stay up beyond your bedtime, God forbid. But it's, this is a, a legitimate situation that requires serious attention. Unless you want your city to burn down. What happened after they left our town? They left around midnight. They couldn't find any fun. Uh, they could not find any soft targets in our town. We made it very clear that the entire city, every community, was a hard target. And that there was plenty of people watching for them, communicating with the local, local law enforcement which I'd highly recommend to do if they're on your side. If not, well, then you're going to have to do it yourself. You do not need permission to defend your city. You do not need permission to defend your community. That's a God-given right. You don't need to ask the cops. It's good to if you think they might be on your side. But if you think it might cause more harm on you, sometimes it's easier forgiven than to get permission. So if that's the way you have to roll because of whatever is going on in your town, you have the God-given right to defend your community and your family and your house. After that, they rolled out of town. They didn't really want to fight with any of the other small towns. They are now hitting small towns. Listen up, small town USA. They come to your town. These guys are sophisticated. They have really good help. They're using Wi-Fi electronic jammers to take care of your security systems, your digital security cameras around your house that are all on Wi-Fi networks and on your vehicles and your cell phones. They're hitting them with jammers. It just happened. I just got told by people in the area who it happened to, plus other neighbors who have family there. They rolled down the, the road another 60 or 100 miles, and they hit the place with Wi-Fi jammers at like 3 in the morning, and they broke into all the trucks, and they stole all the guns and all the cash they could find. Guns and cash. If there was anything else worth valued in there, they ignored it. So they're now arming themselves with your weapons. So here's a heads up. Don't leave your vehicle unsecured unless you're on post. Don't just leave stuff in there overnight that you don't want to get stolen and used against you later. So if that's just, I know that in a lot of America, it's standard operating procedure to use your truck as a gun cabinet, okay? Because it was so peaceful up here. But now there are freaking communist invading radicals going through your neighborhoods with high-tech equipment to jam all your communications while they steal all your sh- So lock up your guns, boys. Lock them up. Better off. Hold them in your hand. 
comfortable 24-hour security with some buddies. Economic times are bad? Good. Perfect timing. That means that you and your buddies can get together and you can do rotating shifts, fire watch, and keep one guy awake looking up and down the street. They see anything sketchy, they get on the horn, and they hit the panic button and everyone shows up. There's a lot more to it, but basically they send scouts. They like to be braggadocious about it. They fit the MO in most cases. There are a few of the controllers who are very well squared away. They're technically proficient, which means they have higher health. They seem to have good command structure. And actually, there's a bunch of U.S. generals that uh, worked with Obama. And after he left, they're now being paid tremendous amounts of money to run this operation. This is a military operation. This is a military insurgents being paid for by foreign entities so treat it like one it's time to wake up he makes a good point the ability to determine what these guys are doing who you know what they look like how they act that's what's going to help you look for things people things that are out of place in your area just you'll you'll understand if you do so the you know all of these morons that that looted and stole and robbed all all throughout the United States. And this is the age of stupid because they have they're posting them for sale on Facebook and Craigslist. I mean some some black thug in Minneapolis actually posted on Craigslist, "Hey, I've got about uh, 20 pairs of on brand new Nike's I got. Uh I want uh, $50 a pair." I mean, c- give me a break. This is all planned, and he was telling you the truth. This is planned. This is a military-style operation. There are people behind the scenes you've never heard about. I gave you one, which is Act Blue. There are more. I don't have a complete list, and it'd be a waste of time to give you a complete list, but I can tell you this. The Minneapolis riot was pre-planned. Every riot was pre-planned. This will explain it a lot more. The breakout of riots in Minneapolis, Minnesota, was a powder keg long in the making. The evidence for pre-planning and setting up a situation for a disaster is overwhelming. What you are about to see is part of a two-year undercover investigation into the leftist radicalization embedded within the climate justice movements, one in particular, the Sunrise Movement. These like escalations, these actions can be really, really dangerous. Uprisings, including including actions like burning buildings, um, are legitimate and powerful forms of resistance. So last night, when that police station went up in flames, me and my girlfriend, we, we poured shots. We were happy. This moment in history is a coin toss between freedom and fascism. In this first video, we are going to show you how the Sunrise Movement played an instrumental role in carrying out mayhem in the name of bringing about the Green New Deal. We have sources within these groups to get to the bottom of where all of this leftist radicalization is coming from and what their end game is. And any politician must back a Green New Deal or make way for the leadership who will. We have their plans manuals, intercepted communications, and have recordings of their Zoom chats. The reason why the screens of these people in the Zoom are blurred is because they are minors. 
What we didn't expect to find were organizers radicalizing middle school and high school aged children, teaching them military tactics and preparation for high risk actions. Some of these tactics include escalation provocation techniques, blocking freeway traffic, and how to get arrested, bogging down law enforcement in the name of destroying capitalism to make way for their Green New Deal. What some parents may have thought were innocent youth organizations, genuinely fostered and ran by children, are actually monolithic structures with private intelligence military contractors and foreign interests influencing children to carry out their subversive objectives. Behind the Sunrise Movement is an organization called Momentum. Just some quick things to keep in mind is that when we escalate, our target is always the public. So even if we're like targeting like a senator or like another decision maker, escalation should be a response, not a reaction to like what's going on. And I think again, like just what that means is like your escalation should be like deeply grounded in your movement's DNA. It should be deeply grounded in your strategy, um, not just like a, a knee jerk sort of like bottlenecked reaction. Instead of studying in a classroom, we're building an army of young people across the country starting right now. So we'd be thousands strong by the time the election arrives. They are calling on children to help escalate the mayhem. These like escalations, these actions can be really, really dangerous for a lot of folks um, and can, like, there's a lot of especially I think with escalated actions often like police are involved or there's like there could be nasty onlookers or like, yeah, like you're doing an action in DC and there's a bunch of like really evil like MAGA teens over in the corner. Notice they want privileged white suburban children to be on the front lines of the risk actions. A really important thing to think about as Sunrise, which is like right now a predominantly white um, and like predominantly like middle, upper middle, like managerial class movement. Every one of us has a lot of work to do to end these systems. And, and the more privilege we have in, in relationship to blackness, the more responsibility we have to fight to end these systems. It should be noted that Aaron Berger, the international advisor for the Sunrise movement, is the CEO for Asymmetric Solutions, a military contracting company that specializes in military training, cybersecurity, and global strategies. Organizers of these youth non-government organizations, or youngos, embellish white supremacy as a systemic problem, hyper-focusing on statistically rare instances of racial inequality and injustice, while ignoring great strides of progress the United States has made over the past century towards equal opportunity and criminal justice reform. President Trump has done a lot that positively affected the black community, but you won't ever hear the mainstream media talking about that. The Green New Deal is not about climate change. It's about climate justice. Essentially, they're blaming climate change on white people. We won't have a Green New Deal that works for everyone unless we concurrently address the sickness that lies in the soul of America um, in things like white supremacy. The events that erupted in Minneapolis, Minnesota, were not a spontaneous reaction to the murder of George Floyd. These were well-planned events, anticipating some perfect trigger points to bring about the 
new normal, a world without police, without borders, without industry, without wealth, without private property, without an economy, a world based on communist ideals embedded within the Green New Deal. However, in order to normalize policies set forth by the Green New Deal, crises have to be capitalized on to further their agenda while destroying the great accomplishments of civil rights movements of the past. The breakout of riots in Minneapolis, Minnesota, was a powder keg long in the making. From abusive police training, utilizing warrior and fear-driven tactics, to key radical players and organizations put in place, what led up to George Floyd's death was avoidable and unnecessary. The evidence for pre-planning and setting up a situation for a disaster is overwhelming. The goal was to kick off a national and international revolution of the likes the world has never seen, based off preventable and even instigated situations, creating political capital for leftist radicalization. In 2017, the stage had been set. It needs to change now. It needs to start with each and every one of you. The youth climate strike at the Minnesota State Capitol, a breeding ground for recruitment, was recorded and promoted by Unicorn Riot, a leftist media organization based out of Minneapolis with video libraries promoting Antifa who provided the most up-and-close coverage of the Minneapolis riots. Less than two days after George Floyd's murder circulated on social media, the Sunrise Movement organizers are already calling their young members to action. We are currently witnessing, you know, an, an uprising. I believe it's it's extremely important that we come together as a movement to look at the roots of this violence and resistance and, and what our work has to do with ending white supremacy. We are here to fight back collectively against that system. So black organizers and multiracial groups of organizers in Minneapolis have been building power in the city for years now. And part of what they've been able to do with that power is to bring a lot of the city on their side. So not only does this organizer admit that the apparent chaos is organized and orchestrated, but suggested that setting buildings on fire is a legitimate form of resistance. What we are seeing is not just chaos, we're actually seeing resistance and organizing. Um, and what we know is that uprisings, including including actions like burning buildings, are legitimate and powerful forms of resistance um, and are resisting brutal and violent and dehumanizing systems um, like white supremacy. Um, and that property is something that can be recovered. So behind this alleged climate change movement is the goal of abolishing law enforcement and no longer having police. These are organizations that have built strength and power over the past uh, six years of, of the Black Lives Matter movement in Minneapolis, running strategic campaigns to defund the Minneapolis Police Department oriented around a vision of the abolition of police. So the idea that uh, we're actually fighting for a world without police. And these campaigns that folks are running are strategic and they're winnable. And we can make huge gains toward it in moments of uprisings like these. 
Notice they are segregationists. Not much different from the white supremacists they point at as perpetuating systemic white supremacy. So we are going to head into breakout groups based on our racial identities. Yep. So white folks, you're going to stay here. Just don't click anything. Just hold tight. Black African-American folks, here's your link. And non-black POC folks, here you go as well. Gabby's going to redrop in the chat the four groups that are on the front lines of this fight. Um, Black Visions, Reclaim the Block, Louisville Community Bail Fund, and Dream Defenders. Wow, they were already in the works to get funds to rioters to help them mobilize and bail them out of jail. Keith Ellison, an Antifa-supporting Democrat, former representative and deputy chair of the Democrat National Convention, is the current attorney general for the state of Minnesota. Ellison was in a position to push for criminal justice reform prior to George Floyd's murder. So why didn't he? Ilhan Omar, the radical progressive Minnesota representative whose district includes Minneapolis, was alleged to have been seen mingling with Antifa protesters at a Trump rally in Minnesota seven months earlier with her married boyfriend, Tim Minette. Though the Democrat mayor demanded that brutal police tactics be restricted in Minneapolis, the tactics were allowed to continue. Notice the organizations and some of the most outspoken Democrats against President Trump actually facilitated, if not helped, in the pre-planning of these riots that uniquely happened in Democrat-controlled areas. Is it because they have Democrat attorney generals, DAs, mayors, governors, etc. all ready to let these rioters right back out of jail when they get caught? Ilhan Omar has been an apologist for militant groups fighting in Syria, fighting alongside with Antifa militant groups. Groups like the International Revolutionary People's Guerrilla Forces, it is clear that this is the time for anarchist revolutionaries to act without hesitation. Where was she when preventative measures could have been taken to prevent the riots? Facial recognition has confirmed that Ilhan Omar and her boyfriend Tim Minette were in attendance at the riots following the Trump rally in Minneapolis. Oh, yeah. And did I mention her daughter was promoting Antifa during the riots? And the governor of Minnesota's daughter was tweeting out police locations to Antifa during the riots. Or how about Keith Ellison's son, a legislator in Minnesota, calling for police abolition? And what about Representative Kane, you know Hillary Clinton's running mate? His son's involved with these Antifa groups as well. The person that we know inside sent off a bunch of their internal communiques to the DOJ. And then, interestingly... Discord put out a public statement saying they won't help aid terrorism and put out a warning. Then on Twitter, we saw lots of these leftist Black Lives Matter and Sunrise Movement kids all saying, don't use Discord anymore, switch to Signal. It's also interesting that Jack Dorsey also at the exact prime moment put out a tweet saying everyone switch to Signal. 19 of our 30 endorsed candidates won their seats. And we endorsed and elected some amazing candidates, including Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, 
Ilhan Omar, Ayanna Presley, and Rashida Tlaib. The same Sunrise Movement organizers that helped get the squad into office also helped set the stage for the mass protests, burning of buildings, escalation of destruction in Minneapolis, and throughout the United States, using George Floyd's death as their trigger moment to launch their communist revolution. On June 1st, After days of riots, burning of businesses, many of which black-owned, after killings and mob beatings on the street, AOC participated in a private Zoom conference with leadership from the Sunrise Movement, promoting more escalation. You know, there, there are folks that are dismayed at the violence and at the destruction. We talk about police abolition, and people say that this is a radical demand. You know what police abolition looks like? It looks like a white affluent suburb. And when it comes to environmental justice, it's the same thing. And so I just thank each and every one of you for leading that systemic change, for ushering that systemic change. Why did it take so long for the police to file charges and for the district attorney's office to move towards criminal prosecution? There was plenty of video evidence circulating on social media to justify immediate action by local law enforcement. Why? Is it because it allowed for more escalation and shift of blame towards the organizer's true goal? Going after President Trump, his supporters, and the American justice system? Why was the graphic video of George Floyd allowed to circulate on social media without age restrictions? Many violent graphic videos and videos committing crimes and promoting criminal activity were allowed to circulate on social media. Why? This stirred the pot, invoking rage and racial division, sparking mayhem across the nation. Social media platforms also served as tools for rioters and looters to communicate, coordinate, and undermine law enforcement's ability to quell the situation. Multiple police stations in Democrat-ran areas were set on fire and destroyed. Why? Running strategic campaigns to defund the Minneapolis Police Department oriented around a vision of the abolition of police. So the idea that uh, we're actually fighting for a world without police. And watch, the charges against the police officers probably won't stick. And another set of race riots will be launched demonizing Trump and his base. Not the Democrat leadership that created this mess. Oh no, white people that foolishly take the bait and grovel thinking that their submission to skin-deep guilt will serve as their penitence for fake racial division. I work for Black Lives Matter. I'm sorry that I scared you, but since I work for that company, my CEO has told me to come out today and to bring you on your knees because you have white privilege. And could you just please apologize for, you know, for your white privilege? Just apologize. I am. This is just the beginning. Sunrise Movement organizers claiming to have been sexually assaulted by Democrat presidential candidate Joe Biden and other Democrat leaders. Lucy Flores started coming forward about Biden last year. It opened up this whole space to talk about this uh, that hadn't existed before. What he did to her and to me and to other women who came forward was wrong and harmful. Um. My story is one that I was assaulted by a currently elected Democrat. We're going to keep pressuring Biden and we have a lot of leverage right now to do that. Right now, what we're really trying to lean into is hearing feedback from folks uh, in the movement, hearing about what people think is the most strategic thing for us to do. And we're really not like rushing into anything. 
They openly discuss exploiting their own victimization to leverage Joe Biden into having AOC as part of his campaign's climate change task force team, while teaching middle and high school children how to sacrifice their own moral standards for political gain. I hate to recommend this, but there are so many points of information and truth on the Internet, especially YouTube, that you can find. Of course, YouTube takes them down as quick as they find them. And there there are other platforms out there that post videos of people giving talks, people explaining the reality of what's going on. I get hundreds of recommendations on a daily basis. I will post the ones that I find give you the most amount of information in the least amount of time. This is a dangerous time. You have Most people out there have no idea how dangerous it really is. All you know is what the mainstream communist media shows you. Even even the so-called alternative media is being bought out and picked up by communists. DrudgeReport.com is no longer an American institution. It is now anti-America, anti-Trump, anti-conservative. Fox News, except for three or four of their broadcasters, have succumbed to it. Chris Wallace is a closet communist. He's on on Sundays. Well, you need to be, be educated as best as possible in all facets of what's going on. You need to do your own research. Life is a participation sport. You need to participate in it. You can't pull your head in and say, oh, it's never going to happen here. Look where I am. I'm in North Idaho. Everyone carries a gun up here. And yet we were threatened. 30 miles west of us, they had riots. Of course, that was in a communist-controlled state, Washington. Here we just have a stooge controlling our state. But it doesn't matter because we have a constitution in Idaho and we have the right to stand up. And we are standing up. Unfortunately, for the past 20 years, the communists have been doing two things. One, moving in physically. And two, brainwashing our children in a public school system. We have this one fruitcake. He's on Facebook, of course, because he's he's part of the stupid generation. And he works at Carl's Jr., one of the Carl's Juniors in Coeur d'Alene or Hayden or wherever they are in North Idaho. And he's spouting on his website or his Facebook page how stupid we are. Of course, I can't use all the words he used. But how stupid we are to think that we could actually stop anything from happening. In fact, he's going to go downtown and burn the American flag on the steps of the, of the uh, city hall. And that's supposed to happen on Saturday at 3 o'clock. I don't know if it's going to happen or not because he is a moron. And he put it on Facebook. This is how stupid these people are. They'll tell you what they did. They'll tell you what they're going to do. And then law enforcement or the patriots find out about it. And it kind of gets stopped. But this gives you an idea. This is a citizen of North Idaho who considers himself a communist. And anything that anybody does to stand up for America is stupid. That's pretty much his viewpoint. So the the rioters have been saying that they're going to be heading into the the suburbs. So the backcountry. Farmed. (laughs) There's a little letter that uh, Hal Turner wrote. Well, here's some helpful hints. Number one, you're going to get bit by a copperhead or water moccasin or rattlesnake. It's like Russian roulette, but there's a bullet in every chamber and everyone is different. They definitely do not discriminate. Number two, guard donkeys. 
They kill rabbit, coyotes, stray dogs, bobcats, cougars, aforementioned poisonous snakes, and things like that. Again, no worries about discrimination here. Number three. With several miles between homes, if you make it past Redneck Shawshank in the back pasture, the neighbors are going to know you're coming before you figure out which pasture to cross with the least possibility of death. <laughs> Number four, we've been shooting at crackheads running off with baby goats, teenagers hitting mailboxes with baseball bats, crazy ex-husbands, and disgruntled football coaches for years. The chances your bob and weave is better than our aim is highly unlikely. Number five, you're not sneaky. You can't be sneaky. We have six to eight dogs at any time that have very little, if any, training, and they will bark at anything that moves within a half an acre. Once again, everybody is equal here. Number six, you can't burn down a building because we've already burned them down after three or too many whiskeys and not enough firewood. Number seven, hogs. Did you know a hog can consume an entire human body and leave nothing behind? Meat tastes like meat. They're not picky. Number eight. If you do by some odd chance, by the grace of God, make it past all of the above, congratulations, it's your lucky day. You made it into the cattle pasture during prime breeding and calving season. Pray either your play-dead game is immaculate, or there's a pond nearby and you can swim, because there's a bull in that pasture along with a hell-bitch mama cow, and I promise you neither of them are bluffing. They very much believe in you move, you die. Again, they hate everyone equally. I, I'm not sure if you've ever seen an angry beef wagon, but let me assure you, I'd rather be put in a wood chipper. It'd be less painful and over faster. If you get extra lucky and you wind up in a pasture with a pond and do escape Satan and his evil mistress, refer back to water moccasins. I just thought that was cute. You heard me mention at the beginning of the show something about the Muslim Brotherhood. Well, I want you to understand that there is something about that, and there is a uh, booklet that was put out in 1987. It, people discount they they discount the concept of Muslims doing anything bad to the United States. It's and they look and say, oh, it's just in certain cities, you know, like Minneapolis and and just other little cities. But I have a copy of a booklet. It actually is in Arabic, but then it's translated, and it lists their goals. We, there are so many organizations, Islamic Society North America, Muslim Student Association, the Muslim Community Association, the Association of Muslim, Muslim Social Scientists, the Association of Muslim Scientists and Engineers, Islamic Medical Association, and I can go on. There are 30 associations at the writing in 1987 that were formed to take over the United States. This is called an explanatory memorandum on the general strategic goal for the group in North America. And actually, this was written in, in uh, 1991. So it was updated in 91. An introduction in explanation, the concept of settlement. Now, this is the thing that, that I have described to you before, is the concept of jihad by immigration. The Muslims actually call it a settlement. We're settling, they're settling into a barbaric nation. So an introduction in explanation, the concept of settlement, the process of settlement, con comprehensive settlement organizations. And I have this book in PDF, and I will have it posted on my website. Oh, my God. You, you look at this and you're going to understand. They allow the infidels to 
perform their work. Their work is the destruction of America. So they allow the psychotics in the communist area to do whatever they want to do. In fact, they fund them. They're funding all of this crap. Read the booklet. You'll understand. There isn't a question about it. This is in their writing. All right, now we're going into the government threat. Communists in the House want to pass another bill. It's it's an anti-lynching bill, which is insane because lynching is illegal in the United States as it is. But what this bill will do, if I slap you, as simple as, as a, a simple assault, slapping, and then I call you a name, like I slap you and say you damn Jew or whatever, that would be a felony and you get 10 years in prison. This is another incrementalism. I'm sure I'm mumbling the word. Just by increments, increments, little pieces and bits, and that before we know it, we can't move. You know, it's funny. My brother lives in Nevada. Nevada, the state of free, free men, right? Everyone owns a machine gun there. It's, it's great there, except little by little by little, Democrats got voted in because of the criminal aliens that work there. There are hundreds of thousands of Mexicans that snuck over the border, got uh, phony IDs, and they work in Nevada, and they end up voting all Democrats in. The governor is a Democrat who pushed a bill that made it illegal for private firearm sales or transfers within the state of Nevada. If my son went to Nevada and he wanted to go hunting with my un- with my brother, his uncle, he can't borrow a gun from him. So that's how it that's how it works and that's how it has been doing little by little by little by little by little and they go for the children first and they brainwash them. Now I've mentioned Zoom before. Zoom is this thing that's popped up because of the pandemic. It was here before, but what it is is well people can log into this one one website and then you know like 100 people can talk at the same time and see each other. It's owned by China. It's promoted by China, and the servers are in China. So every time you use Zoom, the Chinese government is recording everything you say and do and your face and head. I mean, everything's being recorded. So what's happening is Zoom is now canceling accounts of people that they don't like what they're saying. In the middle of you saying it, you will click, and there you're turned off. This is another one of those things I've warned you about. Never let anything that you own or want to use be under the control of anyone else. Now, I did a little talk about contact contact tracing. Well, I can guarantee you this contact tracing is going to be coming extensively widespread in the United States within the next 30 days. They're hiring thousands and thousands and thousands of these people all throughout the U.S. And they will be using them during election time to keep people away from the polls. They will be using that. I guarantee it. So now we get to Trump. Something that you didn't hear in the media. You know, isn't it interesting? The things that are good, you do not hear in the mainstream communist media. On June 11th, the Judiciary Committee authorized Chairman Graham to issue subpoenas related to to oversight of FISA FISA process and the crossfire hurricane investigation. In other words, 
trying to get to the bottom of the, uh, the whole so-called Russian investigation. They have a list of people that they want to be subpoenaed. Allow me to refresh your memory of all the people involved that committed felonies. Trisha Anderson, Brian Otten, James Baker, William Barr, Dana Bonta, Jennifer Boone, John Brennan, James Clapper, Kevin Kleinsmith, James Comey, Patrick Conian, Michael Dempsey, Stuart Evans, Tershina Gower, Carl Goddess, Curtis Heidi, Kathleen Kavalek, David Lofman, Stephen Laycock, Jacob Liu, Loretta Lynch, Andrew McCabe, Mary McCord, Dennis McDar, Arthur McLynn, Jonathan Mofa, Sally Moyer, Mike Newfeld, Sean Newell, Victoria Newland, Bruce Orr, Nellie Orr, Stephanie O'Sullivan, Lisa Page, Joseph Plinka, John Podesta, Samantha Power, Sarah Raskin, Steve Rashetti, Susan Rice, Rod Ron Rosenstein, Gabriel Sanchez, Nathan Sheets, Elizabeth Sherwood Randall, Glenn Simpson, Steve Soma, Peter Sozak, Michael Sussman, Adam Susman, Jonathan Weiner, Christopher Ray, and Sally Yates. They have all been issued subpoenas. I guarantee you at least a third of those are going to jail. That is, unless Trump loses the election. And then all bets are off. Well, I've got more here. I have a letter. I have a letter written June 7th from uh, former apostolic nuncio to the United States of America. He's a Catholic archbishop. And in the letter, he's, he's warning the president about the formation of two opposing sides uh, that he will call biblical, the children of light and the children of darkness. The children of light constitute the most conspicuous part of humanity, while the children of darkness represent an absolute minority. And yet the former are the object of a sort of discrimination which places them in a situation of moral inferiority with respect to their adversaries, who often hold strategic positions in government, in politics, in the economy, and in the media. In in an apparently inexplicable way, the good are held hostage by the wicked and by those who help them either out of self-interest or fearfulness. I'm not going to read more of that, but I am going to post it. So we're going back to the we're at war. There are different levels and types of warfare. There's a cold war. There's a hot war. We're in a cold war right now that is getting warmed up. And the communists that we continue to call Democrats that are in charge of the House and that have a lot of their members in the Senate, if they gain power, the United States is gone. We will lose it. They vilify everything that is good in this country. Never mind the rest of the world. The rest of the world is used to these communist Muslims taking over and causing all kinds of problems. Not here. But we're getting used to it now, aren't we? Because the communists that are in charge of every single city, not every single city, but all the cities that are that are being uh, rioted in, looted, fires, where liberal psychosis is prevalent and astoundingly spread out, That's where it's starting from, and it's spreading. It is a disease. Liberalism is a disease. And i it's not really genetic, even though there's jokes being made about that. Liberalism has to be taught. 
communism has to be taught. And the way you teach communism is by teaching nothing else. You don't teach morals. You don't teach respect. You don't teach tolerance. This word they've, they've uh, grabbed and are using in a perverted manner. You know, I'm very tolerant of, of animals and, and children and stupid adults to a degree. But the way they want the word tolerant means you succumb to everything everybody tells you to, to succumb to. You believe what you're told. Otherwise, you're the enemy. So we're the enemy now. In the United States, an American is the enemy of communism. Everywhere in the world, an American is an enemy of communism. In fact, freedom is the base um, uh, enemy of all communists. You want to know who a communist is? Look. You'll know them by their actions and their words. They want to destroy. They want to steal. They want to pervert. These are communists. This is how they take over a country, and they're here now. Well, I wanted to have time to talk about cast iron and uh, revereware, but it looks like it. Just hopefully I can do it next show. You guys, uh, if you need anything from Survival Enterprises, please buy it. SurvivalEnterprises.com, SE1.US, Samuel Edwards, the number one, dot US. You can call us. 310-295-9686. Until we get all this crap figured out and we actually start making a profit here, don't use our 800 number, okay? Call 310-295-9686. Yes, it's a Hollywood number. <laughs> but we had an office down in Beverly Hills years ago, and I just kept the number. You can come by the store. We're on Government Way in, in uh, Hayden, Idaho. More than happy to talk with you. More than happy to help you out. Uh, If anybody has any questions, just give us a holler. And I'm going to say it again and again and again. We're at war. You better damn well be prepared to jump up in case you are pulled into it, because you will be. We We can't hide from these creatures. They're funded very well. George Soros, Michael Bloomberg, communist organizations worldwide, Muslim organizations are flowing millions of dollars into these communist organizations in the United States. And they... Their whole intent is the destruction of America so that they can take it over and rule it as they wish. Keep your nose in the air, your ear to the ground, and when you do that, keep your eyes open. This is the Armchair Survivalist signing off.